Welcome back to the Constructive Liberty Podcast, intentionally designing a lifestyle of freedom. Today, I've got an awesome interview lined up for you guys. I am chatting with Connor Boyack, who is a freedom fighter and author based in Utah. He is the founder and president of Libertas Institute, which is a free market think tank based in Utah. He says that we change hearts, minds, and laws in flavor of freedom. He's also the author of over two dozen books, including the acclaimed children's series, The Tuttle Twins, which are absolutely awesome, by the way. You need to go get those if you've got kids anywhere from old enough to love stories all the way up to even at my age, I really enjoyed those books. So definitely go get them out. But today we are talking about Connor's new book, How to Not Suck at Life. And this is for teens. So with that, hey, Connor, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, awesome. So most of my listeners don't know who Connor Boyack is. Why don't you give us a little background on who Connor Boyack is and and how you came to be the person you are today? Uh, So I'm what I like to call a full-time freedom fighter. Uh, My day job and night job and everything in between is um, trying to create more freedom. Uh, I run a think tank that I founded called Libertas Institute. We're based in Utah, but now we work across the country as well. Uh, reforming laws at the state and local level um, in favor of you know fair markets, property rights, more personal freedom and the like. We've been doing that for 10 years. We've uh, changed dozens of laws, many of them the first of their kind in the whole country. So we're a fairly innovative group. Uh, We've won a bunch of awards, had a bunch of impact, had a lot of fun. Uh, I'm probably best known as an author. I've written 30 books overall, um, among them the Tuttle Twins Children's Series, which teaches kids the ideas of freedom uh, in a fun way. Elijah's our illustrator, and together we uh, produce a lot of uh, these books and materials that can teach about free market economics or about individual liberty at a more accessible level for the rising generation, just because there hasn't been a lot of material to teach kids these ideas. And so that's what the Tuttle Twins was born. We've sold over 3 million books, were translated into like 15 languages. Now we got a cartoon coming wow, out. Awesome. So there's a lot happening. Yeah, sound, sounds like you're pretty busy. <laughs> I, I first uh, heard about you or came across you through the Tuttle Twins series, which you mentioned. And I loved them and I'm an adult. <laughs> they're they're really well written books, but I immediately went out and bought the box set for my nieces and they're they're big fans as well. So nice. I love those books. I tell people about them whenever I can. But what was it that I guess started you that gave you the idea to write those kinds of books for kids? So I'm I'm a dad and running this think tank and you know fighting tyranny in all its forms, I I would find myself years ago wanting to, you know, I'd come home at the end of the day and I'd ask my kids how their day was. What did you do today? And occasionally they would reciprocate the question, like, what did you do today, dad? And I'm like, well, how do I talk about fighting eminent domain (laughs) or sitting in a meeting with the governor and, you know, negotiating this law or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I struggled to figure out how to articulate what I do to my kids and what freedom means and, and all those things. So like any parent would do, I turned to Amazon and I, <laughs> I searched for books that would like help me introduce these ideas. There was nothing. 
I was talking with Elijah, my buddy, who was also a dad and believes these ideas as well. And we were noodling this idea of a kid's book. And, um, and it just for us, it was kind of a labor of love, just a fun little side project at first. We didn't know if, you know, others would want to be able to, you know, have a book like this, but the demand was strong. We sold a ton of copies and, and to us, that was a clear signal that, okay, well, let's do another one. And, yeah. uh, and so we haven't looked back since. <laughs> this might be kind of along the lines of asking which child is your favorite, but which one of the Tuttle Twins series did you have the most fun writing? You know, I, I feel like the one that, excuse me, that um, I enjoyed writing the most was the Tuttle Twins and the Fate of the Future. And uh, kind of the shtick with all of our children's books is they're all based off of an original, important, you know, book, some of them mm-hmm. written, you know, two centuries ago, or a few decades ago, and some of these classic uh, books or essays. And so um, this one in particular, the fate of the future was based off of a book by Murray Rothbard called the anatomy of the state. So it's probably even better called a booklet or even an essay. Like it's not that long and, uh, but it's a very powerful message. And it's this question of what is the state, this idea of, like it says in the declaration of independence, you know, governments, just governments derive their power from the consent of the government. Well, what does it mean to actually have consent? Uh, have, have we ever really consented to this monstrosity of a state that we live under? Um, and, and what does that look like? And so these are tantalizing questions that Rothbard gets into. And so I had a lot of fun writing that at a kid's level, talking about this is the fate of the future, like like figuring out whether humanity is going to be controlled top down and we just have to you know be oppressed, or if we can figure out you know ways like voluntary ways of getting along with one another and resolving conflict, building a better society through persuasion and kind of voluntary interactions rather than coercion and control by the state. So that one for me was a particularly enjoyable book because I think the message is so critical, especially for what's going on today. Yeah. And, and the message of uh, coercion and persuasion and all that has never rang more true than what it seems like we're moving into currently with some of the regulations and Right. You know, talk about vaccine or mask or all of those things, wherever you fall on that, you know, whether it's helpful or not, the coercion part of it is, is what's, you know, it can be scary if you let it get into your head, but, but I love how, you know, the message, the way you write to children, you know, it's for children, but it also, it rings true to adults too. Have, have you found that uh, the adults have, have come to you with, like saying, hey, this really changed my perspective on some of those things? Without question. Elijah and I thought we were doing a kid's book series. What we didn't realize is that we were also writing to the parents, many, many, many of whom you know, never learned this stuff in school or mm-hmm. were taught the opposite. Capitalism is evil or you know, <laughs> like, you know, whatever, right? And so, so many parents um, never, and, and, you know, look, I mean, we're all taught some of the basics of this stuff, but like, it's not taught in a meaningful way. It goes right. in one ear out the other. There's no context or, or whatever. And so here we give parents an opportunity to talk to their kids about these ideas, to learn alongside them and read the book together. Uh, we get messages literally every day from parents who are like, my gosh, I learned more from these books than I remember learning at school. So it's a fun way for the whole family to learn together. Yeah, that's awesome. So your your new book, uh, 89 Tips for Teens, How to Not Suck at Life. Yeah, you mentioned the Tuttle Twins series came out of, you know, becoming a dad and trying to get the message across to them. Or is, did this book come out of your kids 
moving into their teenage years or was it just kind of the progression of things for you? What, what sparked that? So this book in particular, How to Not Suck at Life, is born out of me hearing from so many parents from our Tuttle Twins community about the struggles that they're going through. Because we often will ask and talk to these people, send surveys and you know read what they're sending us because it's, it's helpful for us to figure out what new products should we be doing or where should our focus be, like what, what's happening out there. And um, one of the big problems that I've been seeing for a few years is, excuse me, is a concern from a lot of parents that their children don't really have any good role models, that mm-hmm. today's influencers are just mind-numbing idiots that, you know, <laughs> spout woke socialist nonsense. And, uh, and you know, they're all over TikTok and Instagram and everything else. And so a lot of parents are worried about where are the good role models and mentors for my children as they get older and who are they going to consider cool and look up to and seek advice from. And so this was kind of in the back of my mind for a while. At one point, I even uh, contemplated doing a little side business of uh, like mentorship or counseling uh, or coaching, if you will, for teens and young adults. But then I was like, well, you know, I have very limited time. My wife's not going to like it if I take on yet another project. Um, And, you know, how big can my influence be if I've only got, you know, five clients or 10 or however many I can handle? And so I was thinking through what I could do, and that led to this idea of, of this book. So this isn't a Tuttle Twins book, but it was, you know, born out of this um, out of this feedback we were getting from the Tuttle Twins community, and this idea that, like, I mean, you remember how it was as a teenager. So often, when our parents tell us, you know, these pearls of wisdom, we disregard it because it's mom and dad. Like, you exactly. know, who, who are you to tell me what's good or what's right? You know? But yeah, the world's changed to, since you were my age. Exactly, right. <laughs> but when it comes from this like third party, you know, um, from someone else, suddenly the ideas carry more weight. And so that's how I basically pitched this book to parents. I'm like, look, none of the, maybe not none of this, but like a lot of this is stuff that you have already been talking to your kids about. What's important here is that I'm going to say it in a different way mm-hmm. and I'm a different person and I'm kind of the outside source that can help reinforce what you're already teaching at home or wanting your kids to learn about. And, uh, and so that's kind of the gist is, is what these 89 tips is to sprinkle a lot of ideas in the minds of teens and say, if you want to level up in life and have a remarkable adulthood and, and, you know, not be part of the, you know, brainwashed, you know, masses out there of, of mediocrity, you know, here are some tips that you should follow. And so that led to the book. Oh, that's awesome. That's so cool. Um, <laughs> one of the things I haven't had a chance to read the book yet. I don't think my copy ships until like November. <laughs> Apparently, you've had such success with it. You've sold out of Amazon. For a yeah, <laughs> it's been a struggle. Yeah, no doubt. So what can you give us a little preview of the book? I mean, what, what's some of the tips that that have been the most um, effective for you that you've come up with and, and put in the book? Yeah, this was fun because I got to reflect a lot on my own teen years and mm. and uh, and what I was like and what I you know wanted to know. One of the ones I really enjoyed, I'm looking at the book here. Um, one of the ones I enjoyed writing was a chapter called adults are faking it because I remember when I was a teen, I I was really stressed out by adulting. Right. And by like the magnitude of all the decisions you have to make and all the things you have to do and you have to have it all together and all these different things. And, you know, I learned probably in my late twenties that, well, man, wait a minute, like adults are just older children. Like, it's not like snap your fingers and you're an adult and you know how to do all these things. It's just that we figure it out along the way and adults are mm-hmm. faking in the sense that like, there's no manual or there's no, 
you know, I go to work every day. I'm like, I have no idea how to do the things <laughs> I got to do today, yeah. but I, I got to figure it out. Yeah, it's and, a progression. Right. And so I'll, I'll pretend I know what I'm doing. I'm going to project confidence and I'm, you know, but like, uh, there's a lot of uncertainty. And I think that's a very reassuring message for teens. It's like, look, don't, don't be intimidated by the fact that you got to have all this figured out. It is a progression, as you just pointed out. And it is something that you'll improve with over time. Just recognize that all those adults who seem like they have it all together, they're probably a mess, right? They're, they're just <laughs> masking like, you know, a lot of the problems and struggles they're dealing with. We just get mm -hmm. really good at putting on a front as adults. It doesn't mean that we're amazing and have it all together. And so when I, that finally clicked for me, I'm like, oh, okay, I can give myself permission to not be perfect because, you know, as adults, we don't need to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it's, that's a good one. Like adults are faking it because so often, you know, we do put up that mask and it, it's easy to try to hide, you know, behind that perfection or, or you see that the Instagram life, like right. people want to portray that perfect life. But when you can actually see that people are real, like, those Instagram people, they've got the perfect life, it seems like, but in the background, they actually are really just faking it. But if, if we can right. actually show people the real side of life, it, gives, it can give them a little more confidence to step out and try things. One of the problems I see with youth and teens today is they're not given permission to try and fail at things. Like mm -hmm. it's everything's got to be perfect. What do you say to the kid who's struggling with all the pressure to perform at a high level, be it in his grades in school or on the sports field or whatever, whatever that might be, all that pressure that's, you know, building up on them to perform. What kind of advice can you give to them on, on how to just, just roll with it? Yeah, that's, that's super important because it happens a lot, especially with parent expectations or teachers or coaches or, or whatever. And I think what's important for youth and frankly, even us adults to recognize that, that there's there's internal expectations and goals and there are external you know, expectations and goals. And I think too often we get caught up in the external ones, what people demand of us, what people think we should do, what people expect us to do. And so I think where a lot of teens can get lost is they kind of lose themselves. They don't take time to say, well, wait a minute, what do I want here? Like everyone's telling me that I should do these things and then I have to perform in this way. But is that really what I want? And is that really what's going to help me? And in many cases, the answer may be yes, that you just got to, you know, tough it out. You've set that goal of being a, you know, top performing athlete or a great musician or, you know, you know, really good with academia or whatever it is. And sometimes you just got to slog through, you know, the suck until you get to the <laughs> end goal of, of achieving what you want. I mean, right. some of that stuff requires persistence and sacrifice. It's not to say that everything's going to be easy, but you know, if, if, if people are demanding that you behave in a certain way or achieve certain things, or, I mean, for me, it was, it was getting certain grades and I'm like, well, wait a minute. Like I'm performing to meet other people's expectations of, of taking tests and doing assignments, but is that really education? Right. Is that really what I want to learn? Do I need to know that the mitochondria is the powerhouse <laughs> of the cell? You know, is, Who is that really, that? <laughs> right. We remember it, but we don't know what it means other exactly. than saying that. Right. And so it's like, I have all these expectations academically, but is that really going to help me in life? Or is mm -hmm. it just this artificial environment where I have to jump through these hoops and satisfy other people and, you know, mom and dad, right. Or saying you got to get good grades. And teachers are expecting things. I'm like, well, wait a minute, let me, let me step back and say, what is education? So I have a chapter called hack your own education. Ooh, so it's, it's like, how do you, that. yeah. How do you, how do you cobble together 
the educational path that you want, that serves you, that's based on your interests, your goals in life, that's unique to you, rather than, you know, saying, oh, someone else has this template of what all children should learn in the same way at the same age, you know, all the, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to be like every child. I want something that's uniquely me. And so I want to hack my education and say, I want something that suits my goals. And so it's the same, I think, with those expectations of like when other people are demanding something, I think we need to give youth, especially teens who are getting close to adulthood, a little bit of autonomy to say, well, wait a minute, let's craft something that you desire and, and that's, you know, you're ambitious about and want to try uh, to, to achieve rather than all the people in your life kind of dictating to you what you ought right. to be doing. It makes sense if it's a five-year-old, but look, if you're a 15-year-old, you're already kind of behind the wheel practicing driving. Why can't those teens be behind the wheel of their own life rather than a passenger in the vehicle of their own life that, you know, their parents are driving for them? I just feel like the more we can give some autonomy and control to teens, the better off they're going to be because they're going to recognize what they want to do in their life. And they're going to be set up for success better than if they're just a passenger until they're 18. And then the parents say, okay, now you have control. <laughs> yep. And, and they don't know what their direction is. That You answered my next question before I got to it. <laughs> I was going to ask about if you kind of walk kids through finding their purpose in life or, or creating that life that's based on what they love doing. I see you know, too often, I think the percentage is over 70, around 70 or 75% of college graduates end up working in a field that's not their degree. And right. so the, the more information, the more, the more books, the more people we can get out there working with youth to help them find what it is they are passionate about and interested in, you know, the better off the next generation is going to be. I think that's exactly right. And part of this for me boils down to this idea of intentionality. Mm. So I've been talking to my kids about this recently. Many people live their life passively and, and they just kind of, it's like a pinball in a pinball machine, right? And you're just getting bounced around from one thing to the next. Someone else is controlling your direction, your momentum and all that kind of stuff. And they, people live their lives passively, just reacting to whatever happens. And then, oh, well, that happened. Okay. I guess I'll react this way. And I guess now I'll do this in response to what someone else did. And so to me, it's like, well, wait a minute. I don't want to be a pinball in someone else's machine. I want to be kind of the master of my destiny, if you will. Right. I want to control my own life. And so that requires me to pause and, and kind of look at my surroundings and myself and evaluate what do I want? What do I want to accomplish and do and achieve? And, and so you have to have that level of intentionality, even for a teenager to say, what do I want my life to be like? Do I want to go to college and graduate with half a million dollars in debt, <laughs> right? <laughs> do, do I want to waste four years going to some woke campus where they care more about brainwashing me than, you know, helping me think critically? Mm -hmm. Like, let's, let's, let's ask questions like that, that help us evaluate where we're at in life, where we're going to be in the next few years, what goals I have. You know, do I want to go get a job? Do I want to start my own company? Do I want to travel? You know, do I want to whatever? And so what do you want? Be intentional about that. Make plans for it and then stick to those plans. And so the, the, the more that we can help teenagers learn these lessons at a younger age, being intentional with their life, I think the better off they're going to be because they're going to proactively make better decisions for themselves rather than just stumbling through life and reacting to what others do to them. Yeah, I'm super excited to read this book. Where, what else would you say, you know, in as we get to the end of our time together, what else would you say to these to teens? Where to start with 
creating the life they want to live or, or, or building a career that actually suits their needs, their interests, their strengths, even playing yeah. into their personality. I, I, we said earlier, I was kind of semi joking that, you know, oftentimes kids don't want to listen to their parents, but if they're <laughs> listening to, you know, someone else, then, uh, then it clicks better or it sticks. And, uh, but there's some veracity to that, which is why I mention it. And, and so to answer this question that you've asked, for me, it comes down for a teenager to have kind of high performance and intentionality and really figure out how they want to level up in life. It comes down to having good mentors. So mm-hmm. you're, you're, you know, you may have a great relationship with your parents and that's awesome. Like, especially if you're a teenager and you have a good relationship, I commend you. It's amazing because a lot of teenagers don't, um, and they're going through hormonal, funky, you know, <laughs> rebellious periods and so yep. forth. But if you've got a good relationship, that's awesome. You'll still benefit from having a mentor, especially in a field that you might be interested in, right? Mm -hmm. If you want to be an entrepreneur and start a company, go find someone who's done that. Your parents probably have a friend in their network, right? Who you can go out to lunch with. You can ask them for one hour a month of their time. They would love to do that. Any successful person, if they saw some ambitious teenager saying, I'd love to learn from you, right? Could I shadow you for a day? at your work and just follow you along? Could I, you know, attend one of your meetings or your presentations? Could I learn from you? Man, if people, if some teenager asked me that, I'd say yes all day long, right? If you clearly see that they're being intentional, they're ambitious, Mm -hmm. they're they're hungry to learn. So for teenagers out there, really, it's, it's, again, the intentionality of saying, what do you want to learn? What do you want to do? And once you start to come up with some ideas, recognizing that those ideas may change over time, people can change their interests and careers and so forth. But at least starting somewhere and saying, what do I think I want to do? Let me now find people who do those things who I can get to advise me or let me observe them. And I think as teenagers, you're going to quickly learn like, is that the life I want? Yes or no? You know, if not, great. I've got plenty of time to go pivot into something else and figure out my next thing. If so, you know, if I do like that thing, I can go deep. I can, you Mm -hmm. know, spend all kinds of time. I have low risk. I mean, the the I, I I know people who, as teenagers and and especially as young adults, right? You've got very low risk. You don't have big bills to pay and families to feed and all that kind of stuff. You can go offer to work for free for these people, right? And and just do a, an internship, get your foot in the door, build relationships with people, let them get to know you, let them see how you perform. They'll want you to stay working there. They'll offer you a job. You'll work your way up ranks. You won't have yep. college debt. You'll. Like there's, again, if you just be a little bit assertive and proactive and intentional, you will set yourself apart from all of the other teens and young adults out there. So hopefully this book will help start to, you know, plant some seeds and help these kids think through how they can level up in life and what they can do to set themselves apart from the masses and build a better life for something that they actually want to achieve. Um, so that's kind of my hope in, in putting this stuff together. Yeah, that's that's great advice. Where would you send somebody if they want to connect with you or find out more about you? Um, so I'm just at connorboyack.com or I'm easy to find all over social media. Uh, this book in particular, we're just listing on Amazon. So you can either search my name or search for how to not suck at life. Uh, I, it's funny. I've had two or three moms reply after we announced the book. They're like, well, we don't use the, the S word in our family. <laughs> and, and I was like, okay, that's fine. But you know, the... I think it's a good title and it's going to sell mm. way more books than the three that I'm not going to sell to, and, you know, I respect that if, if that's, you know, a, a term they don't want to use, but I thought it was a catchy title. It's done well so far. It hit number one on all of Amazon for about wow. an hour. 
um, it, it, it surged up there. Something in the algorithm hit. And, uh, and so that's why we're out of stock is so many people bought it and it caught us off guard. We didn't print mm. enough to meet the demand. And so we're, we're playing catch up right now. We're getting more to Amazon here soon. And so that's where people can find the book. Awesome. Good. I'll, I'll definitely have those links in the show notes and I appreciate you joining me today. Thanks for having me. Didn't I tell you that would be an awesome interview? And it definitely was. I am super excited for when my book gets here. Uh, it should get here. I think I just was notified that towards the end of October or maybe 1st of November, my book on how to not suck at life will get here. Super excited to read that. I've loved reading the Tuttle Twins series. And if you have not read those yet, definitely go check them out and get your copy of How to Not Suck at Life as well. Definitely going to be good reading, I believe. It it really inspires me to see someone like Connor who has already accomplished so much in life. He's he's out there moving and shaking things and and he's a real freedom fighter, fighting on behalf of the people to to bring more freedom that we always talk about, you know, creating a lifestyle of liberty and freedom. He's out there actually making these things happen. So support him however you can. If you want to um, to get involved with him somehow, definitely reach out to him. I'll have those links in the show notes where you can find him and his books. And with that, do good work.